0: Hi there, and welcome to a special edition of the uh, Chill Anarchist Podcast. This is episode six on agency, consent, and freedom of speech. Uh, Today's episode is a little bit different than usual, and it runs a little bit longer. I actually did this one as a live stream, and the unedited audio will be available, uh, or the unadvertised advertisement encumbered audio will be available. Up on Subscribestar as soon as the VOD goes off of DLive. Um, I will be putting all the links you need to see the VOD. Uh, If you want to watch, go ahead and watch the uh, unadvertisement encumbered uh, VOD on DLive while it's still up. I'll go ahead and put the link in the show notes, but, uh, I just wanted to take a moment and say, uh, thank you everybody for who, who's still subscribed to this podcast. I know I haven't put one out in a long time and I want to do something special. So I did this one as a live stream. Uh, going forward I'm gonna to try to do audio only uh, podcast I'll still record video because I want to have that as one of the options for you on subscribe star uh, that'll be a tier 2 option tier 1 option is the uh, advertising free audio tier 2 option will be the video so you can watch me and see me do all weird hand gestures and whatever um, I haven't figured out what I'm going to do for Tier 3, aside from what I've already got listed. But uh, please, uh, I am thinking of things, and I'm. it will be special. I hope you enjoy this episode of the Chill, Anarch- Chill Anarchist Podcast. I will be back with more, more often. I'm going to try for at least once a week going forward. Um, As I get back into content creation, not just with the podcast, but with uh, my video game streams as well. Um, I do have a life outside of content creation right now. I work part time. Uh, I'm, you know, helping to raise my daughter with my wife and, you know, get help from the rest of my family. But, you know, she's still my daughter and I need to take care of her uh, and do more to take care of her. And I'm also trying to get a a greenhouse, small greenhouse going so that I'm not as dependent on going to the store or my family is not as dependent as going to the store for food. And this is one way we can do it. Uh, But just, you know, it takes time and effort. And so I can't dedicate as much time to the podcast as I would like. Um, That being said, uh, like I said, it's going to be at least once a week going forward and occasionally i will do uh, special live streams, which w- which means that the audio and video going up on subscribe star will be delayed probably by about a week it'll lag behind uh a little bit as the vod expires off of d live uh, i might skip using d live and instead go to float and do my podcast there that way i can immediately post everything to all the other different uh you know to the to the subscribe star Uh, if you think you like that idea better and you want to join me on flood i'll have those links all in the show notes um again thank you for everybody who has stuck with me thus far and i hope going forward to have more content for you thanks and take care hey there everybody welcome to the chill anarchist podcast this is your host the chill anarchist joe welcome 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 glad you could be with us today today i'd like to talk to you about some concepts that uh maybe seem to be getting lost in the grand shuffle of things uh, as we progress through this these crazy corona times um 18 months plus already with no end in sight and the governments of the world continue to trample on individual freedoms the world over and it's about time it stopped but I don't see that happening anytime soon and I'm not here really to address that directly today I want to talk to you about such things though that are related um, agency consent and freedom of speech I think these are very important concepts that seem to be getting lost, and I don't, don't really understand why we we seem to be losing the, I don't know, uh, ability, I guess, to exercise these things. I guess that's. That's really what I'm trying to say is we're, we're slowly given and we're not just losing the ability. We're literally giving it up for what, what are we giving it up for? Why are we giving it up? There's no benefit to letting these rights be trampled on. And, And don't, don't get me. Don't misunderstand me. These are, rights that we are losing the you know, agency um, let's start with some let's start with some definitions here um, let's go ahead and we'll pull up Wikipedia I know how much people hate Wikipedia you know it's crowdsourced information but it's a good starting point you don't end there do your own research look up these concepts on your own And come to your own conclusions. But we're going to look at Wikipedia, and I just want to read these uh, first three paragraphs here three or four paragraphs basically, this section here and this section here under history. So, in social science, agency is defined as the capacity of individuals to act independently and to make their own free choices. By contrast, structure. Are those factors of influence such as social class, religion, gender, ethnicity, ability, customs, etc., that determine or limit agents and their decisions? The influences from structure and agency are debated. It is unclear to what extent a person's actions are constrained by social systems. All right, we're gonna sh- we're gonna skip the rest of this. It's not really important. I want to really jump into the uh, history here um the overall concept of agency has existed since the enlightenment where there was debate over whether human freedom was expressed through instrumental rationality or moral and norm-based action john locke argued in favor of freedom being based on self-interest his rejection of the binding on tradition and the concept of the social contract led to the conception of agency as the capacity of human beings to shape the circumstances in which they live. Jean-Jacques Rousseau explored an alternative cons- conception of this freedom by framing it as a moral will. There was a bifurcation between the rational utilitarian and non-rational normative dimensions of action that Immanuel Kant, uh, Kant addressed. Kant saw freedom as normative-grounded individual will governed by the categorical categorical imperative. These ideas were the point of departure for concerns regarding non-rational, non-oriented action in classical sociological theory contrasting with the views on the rational instrumental action. Um, These definitions of agency remained mostly unquestioned until the 19th century, when philosophers began arguing that... The choices humans make are dictated by forces beyond their control. For example, Karl Marx argued that in modern society, people were controlled by the ideologies of the bourgeois. Uh, Bourgeois, I don't really know how to pronounce that word correctly. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be corrected by somebody. Uh, Frederick Nietzsche argued that man made choices based on his own selfish desires. Or the will to power doesn't really and that honestly does not really sound much different than John Locke where it says John Locke argued in favor of freedom being based on self-interest this here is no different than what John Locke said a man made his choices based on his own selfish desires or the will to power favor of freedom being based on self-interest not really much difference um except for the judgmental term selfish all desires are selfish there, there is no truly 100% philanthropic philanthropic desires you know every we do things in order to make ourselves feel good whether it's helping others or, you know, or not helping others and just helping ourselves. It's we do things that make us feel good that we have priority over. Anyways, I'm not. Let's let's carry on. And famously, Paul Ricœur added Freud as a third member of the school of suspicion, who accounted for the unconscious detri- uh, determinants of human behavior. So there we got a pretty good idea of what people, what what we're talking about. We're talking about agency. We're basically talking about the ability for people to make decisions based on, uh, their own desires, uh, being able to freely make those decisions to go about their lives and make decisions for themselves based on their own values. Um, ignoring Karl Marx for the moment, (laughs) Um. Has well, no. Let's not ignore Karl Marx. Let's, let's let's talk about how he talks. Who he he says that the the people, and I'm guessing he means the proletariat, are influenced by the bourgeois. But who are the bourgeois influenced by? The, the, do they not exhibit agency? How can you exhibit? How can you say agency doesn't exist? And then not even you know, and only say but it only say doesn't exist for one certain group of people does having a certain amount of money give you agency is it it, how, how does how does influence over other people's lives give you agency in your own life i don't think it does um i think people who try to exhibit control over other people's lives do so from feeling of inadequacies in their own life because they feel like they don't have agency. They don't have that power to control how they react and what they do or their desires. And so they project onto others, their own insecurities and you get what you have going on right now with the pandemic. You get these crazy lockdowns, you get these businesses buying into what the government's doing, but only because Honestly, most businesses are just agents of the state anyways. They collect sales tax, they collect payroll tax. They they are no better than, you know, than the state themselves. They they enforce these mandates and edicts not because they necessarily believe they're going to do anything or even make them look good, you know, say, "Hey, we tried to do at least we tried to do something." I don't I don't think that's it either cuz that really that doesn't muster when what you're doing has no real benefit um I think what we see going on here is you know as I was just saying we it's it's people who feel they are not in control of the situation and that, it's being preyed upon by the corporate media. It's being preyed upon by pe- by bureaucrats in government, by unelected "quote unquote" officials, by by people like Doctor Fauci. Um, and it's being it's it's being preyed upon constantly. We're being inundated with propaganda telling us that we have no control over this. We have no hope of fixing this on our own. And that we got to, got to listen to people in authority and, you know, it's, it couldn't be further from the truth. Giving up your right to do, you know, to, to determine things for yourself doesn't help anybody. It's, it's, it's illogical. It's, it's, it's ill thought out. It's ill conceived that giving up something like your freedom your liberty will make you safer somehow when all you're doing when you do that is you're giving somebody else who is totally 100 percent unaccountable to you in any way shape or form when you give people who are unaccountable to you power over you Don't be surprised when they use that power in ways you don't agree with. It might not happen today. It might not happen tomorrow. But it is going to happen. And this has been shown throughout history. People in power concentrate more power to themselves. This is not some crazy loon raven you all you got to do is look through history uh, look at the japanese shogunate you know they started out as a way to protect the people and yet in the end they turned out hurting the people more and so i mean it's not just a shogunate it's it's you know the japanese shogunate you know we have this repeating throughout history all over the world, through civilizations all over the world. Look at the human sacrifices that went on in, in native civilizations, and, so, and I think in some civil, some uncontacted peoples, probably still does go on. You know, it just... It's crazy. And it's because people allow someone they believe to be empowered, who who can be in control, to have power over them, and then they submit to these edicts which see their fellow citizens you know kidnapped murdered and for what for 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 a you know for some imagined protection from something you know you can't protect yourself from the weather by sending your fellow man to die up on top of a temple that's, that's, it's just not going to work. I'm sorry. It's never worked. It's never worked through, you know, all of history, all of human history and in, in which human sacrifices have been done for whatever reasons, it might seem like it works. There might sometimes be the coincidence where it looks like it works, but it doesn't, you know, given, given up liberty for our sense, for a false sense of security has never, never, never been a good idea. It's because it's, 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 it's never worked. It never will work. So the, the, the idea that you can give up the, the and, and we're not even talking about giving up full agency in this country and look what's happening. We're talking about giving up partial agency. We're talking about giving up the right to go outside when we want, or to go out to restaurants when we want, or go to movies when we want and not be hassled for our medical records. We can't, we're, we've given that up and look what's happening. We've got a two-tier, two-class society now. And it's not rich and poor. It's not black and white. It's not Asian and black. It's not It's not Hispanic and a Pacific Islander. No, it's vaccinated and unvaccinated. And it's going to stay that way until we decide. To take back that which we shouldn't have given up in the first place. And that which some of us didn't agree to give up in the first place. But was taken from us because other people demanded it. There has... The line in the sand has to be drawn. It has to stop. We need to take back our agency. Because it is one of the most important things that... We, whether you believe in God, uh, whether you believe in God or not, we have agency over our own lives. When we're being raised by our parents, when we were raised by our parents, as we raise our children, one of the things we try to teach them to do is to be able to think and do for themselves, to instill in them this sense that they can make these choices in their own lives. They can determine for themselves what is a benefit to them and what is a detriment to them. And then act on those beliefs. And yes, there will be consequences. Sometimes they will be wrong. Sometimes we're wrong. But that's all part of being a, an adult, of being a human being. You're not right all the time. And there are consequences to the actions we take. But, uh, you know, as far as this pandemic's concerned, you know, 99.7% survival rate, children mostly not affected by this. Um, come on, people. Who, who are you trying to fool here? This this has nothing to do with, you know, what's going on right now has nothing to do with the pandemic. It has nothing to do with the coronavirus, the COOF, the COVIDs, whatever the hell you want to call it. It has nothing to do with that and it never it never did it didn't have anything to do with it from day one all we gotta do is go back and look at uh let's see uh hong kong let's uh let's uh let's go let's go let's go searching uh for the hong kong flu i think it was nineteen fifty six not 1056 what the hell <laughs> no um and we're not going to use wikipedia for this there's actually a better article for sc- uh, 57 okay 57 there's actually a better article that i found that i really like it's well written um There we go. Right here, um, from the, uh, the American Institute for Economic Research, the Asian flu of 1957-58 was a deadly pandemic with a broader reach for severe outcomes in COVID-19 2020. It killed between 1 and 4 million people worldwide and 116,000 in the U.S. in a time with half the population. It was a leading contributor to a year in which the U.S. saw 62,000 excess deaths. Globally, it might have been five times as deadly as COVID-19 as measured by deaths per capita. And this article was written beginning of this year, January 12, 2021, by Jeffrey Tucker. Uh, globally, let's see, 40% of deaths had occurred among people younger than 65, whereas the average age of death, COVID-19, is 80, with only 10 to 20% of deaths under the age of 65. So, and, and here, here, here is the crux of what I wanted to get to with this article. What's striking is how public health officials handled the pandemic. It had a diametrically opposite response than policymakers pursued in 2020. One might assume that this was due to negligence and lack of sophistication and understanding the need to lock down. Surely they didn't know 65 years ago what we know today, which is completely false. Public health experts did, in fact, consider school closures, business closures, and a ban of public events, but the entire ethos of the profession rejected them. There were two grounds for this rejection. Lockdowns would be too disruptive, disabling the capacity of medical professionals to deal competently with the crisis, and also because such policies would be futile because the virus was already here and spreading. Guess what, people? Lockdowns didn't start in the U.S. till the virus was already here and spreading. <laughs> now, I mean, what changed between 1957-58 and, and today? What changed? I can't answer that. D- d- here's a, here's a, here's here's another here's another one. There was another uh, pandemic in 1968. Uh, we're, we're, and again, we're going to go to the A I E R, American Institute of Economic Research. Woodstock happened in the middle of a pandemic. Woodstock this is you know and let's see uh let's see in those days lifespan in the u.s was 70 where it's 78 today population was 200 million as compared to 328 million today this article was also written this one was written around the middle of last year may 1st 2020 So it was written right around the start when it start, things started to get really bad um it says here that the H3N2 pandemic killed more individuals in the U.S. than the combined total of number of American fatalities during both the Vietnam and Korean wars. Um, This happened in a lot of times of, er- of every American over 52 years of age. So I was I was not alive for this. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, nothing was closed by four. Schools mostly stayed open. Businesses did too. You could go to the movies. You could go to bars and restaurants. Ja- uh somebody had a friend who reports having attended a Grateful Dead concert in fact people have no memory or awareness of the famous that the famous Woodstock concert uh, planned in January during the worst period of death actually occurred during a deadly American flu pandemic that only peaked globally six months later there were no thought given to the virus which like ours today was dangerous mainly for non concert go- for a non concert demographic so the old the infirm maybe the very young um, no legislation was passed. We didn't, you know, we didn't have a stock market crash. Federal Reserve didn't do anything. Not a single governor acted to enforce social distancing, curve flattening, or banning of crowds. And it says here, even though hundreds of thousands of people were hospitalized. Uh, no mothers were arrested for taking their kids to other homes. No surfers were arrested. No daycares were shut, even though there were more infant deaths with this virus than the one we are experiencing now. There were no suicides, no unemployment, no drug overdoses attributable to flu. Media covered the pandemic, but it never became a big issue. So what happened? We've got two examples here of worse pandemics that happened you know, 50, 60, 70 years ago. So, you know, it's within a reasonable time frame from today. It's a good question to ask. What happened? Where did we go wrong with this? I don't know. I think a lot of people, I think, I think the last eight to 12 years, you know, we've, the, you know, the, the media has been pushing a big fear narrative. Uh, first it's guns, now it's coronavirus, now it's back to guns. now it's to big, scary China. now it's the big scary Russians, back to guns. Big scary Taliban which really they aren't big and scary. they're just a bunch of Afghani rednecks of religious zealots who don't give a rip about the rest of the freaking world. They just want these you know they just want these foreign invaders out of their damn country so they can do whatever the hell they please. I'm not, I'm not saying that's good for them to do whatever the hell they please. You know, their, their own people should step up and tell them to go sod off, but that's not, that's not our business. That's not the UK's business. It's not Canada's business. It's not Brazil's business. It's not France's business. It's Afghani's business. It's the way it is. And that brings us into our next topic. Uh, I think I think this is a real good time to talk about uh, consent. So let's 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 head back over to Wikipedia since you know they're fairly trustworthy. The, their definition their definition of agency as a sociological term uh, seems pretty consistent with what we believe. So let's talk about consent. Ooh, they got a second definition here. I wonder- yeah, probably not going to get into that one. Um, let's see. Consent occurs when one person voluntarily agrees to the proposal or, de- or desires of another. We don't have to go any further. That explains the whole idea right there. Consent occurs when one person voluntarily agrees to the proposal or desires of another. It is not a. It can be a passive consent where, say, you got two people just kind of getting trying to get a groove on with each other trying to see if the other person's interested you gotta consent to him if they leave the bar together you know it's good i it's 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 pretty good um it's a pretty good uh sorry i'm <laughs> uh it's a pretty good idea that they can, cons- they, they each consented to leave with the other and that what they go to do next is their own business, and this, this ties back into agency. People making decisions based on their own self-interest, whether it's selfish desires or whatever. It is a positive. It's a it's a positive declaration that they are willing to engage in whatever is being proposed, whether it's sex, business, play. Going out to dinner, I don't know, I guess it doesn't get covered under the others. Going to work, you know, the, the employer can't employ you against your will, that's slavery. You have to consent to go to work. And if you withdraw that consent, then there are consequences. You lose your job, your employer stops paying you, stops being your employer. And the reverse is true. The employer can withdraw their consent for having you work for them. And this you have the same consequences, but you know they lo- from their side they're they're losing a worker. Maybe they thought you were a poor worker, and that's the case. You just need to get good, nub. You know, just get better at what you want to do, or go do something else. So, so let's. That's a that's that's another thing that is at play here that we're having taken away from us is our ability to consent to things that we want to do in the full knowledge that the consequences could be detrimental to us. Maybe they won't be detrimental. We're the only ones who get to make that decision through agency. And when we positively affirm that we want to engage in that, that's us giving our consent. Nothing else needs to be said. Nobody else needs to be involved. You know, the government can just go do whatever, leave us alone. The whole idea of consent is that the people involved in whatever needs to be consented to have either given their consent and they're going to engage or they have not given their consent and they both walk away. One might be more disappointed than the other, but if you if you respect the other you know if you if both parties respect each other enough to also agree that you know if neither party if neither or both parties don't give consent to the proposed arrangement, then that's what you do you just walk away you know just it's life it's life you know Say 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 the two people leaving the bar, they get back to you know, they get back to one person's place or the other and they you know, they continue to get to know each other and get maybe get a little bit fresh with each other, you know. But you know, the one person says, Oh, hold ho hold, hold up, you know. I think it's been a nice evening. Barely know you. I don't wanna go any further. Let's call it a night here. Here's my phone number. Give me a call. That's 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 consent. That's that's or that's pulling. That's pulling. That's saying, hey, I don't want to go any further. I don't consent to any more of this activity. I'm asking you nicely to leave. I think you know it, it ties it ties right back into agency. It ties right back into it. We're following decisions based on our own self-interest or our will to power or. Whatever, whatever else you want to call it. It's, it's, I, I, I've i heard the term that, I've heard a term uh, applied to humans that we are free moral agents. And I've heard this term mostly in a religious context, uh, going to church. Um, a lot, some of the pastors I uh, used to listen to, like to use this term, and it's a good term. It means that as a free moral agent, we are free to make decisions and make moral judgments based on what we know. And of course, what we know is always incomplete. We don't ever have perfect knowledge of any situation. We don't even have perfect knowledge of our own situation. We don't know what condition, we don't know 100% what condition our body is in. Like for my, myself, I know I'm overweight, I'm old, I'm balding. My eyesight's bad. You know, I got I got a couple days growth here, but I don't know my entire condition. I I know I've got non-alcoholic cirrhosis of the liver, but I don't know for sure. I I know that's I know that it's a possibility. I got it, and my doctor said it's a good possibility you got it based on this blood work. We need to change some things about your diet. So I mean, there's a possibility, but I don't know. I don't know the condition of my heart exactly. I know it's still ticking. I'm still here. I'm not having a heart attack. I'm still alive. I'm still able to go to work. I'm breathing. You know, there there, there, there are things I do know. and there, But there's a lot more, even about my own body, that I don't know. I don't know how my brain transmits. I don't know the exact process, how my brain transmits. Thoughts from up here, how even forms thoughts, I don't even do you know how thoughts are formed? I don't know how they're formed and then processed in such a way as to come out as words. I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm okay with that. With the limited knowledge I have, though, I can make decisions. I can consent to things. Um, according to the laws of the country I currently live in, I actually have reached the age of majority a long time ago. Um, I've reached the age of majority so I am able to consent to many many things there's some things they still say I'm not allowed to consent to because it's too harmful to allow me to make my own decisions it's too harmful to me to make to allow me to make my own decisions of course I reject that I wholly reject that there's as as a as somebody who works to take care of not only themselves but Significant others and uh, child and other loved ones. You know why am I not able to make this decision? Why can't I decide what to put in my body or what not to put in my body? Why can't I decide, based on information I gather from my doctor, what kind of medical decisions I need to make to to continue being healthy, whether it be from non alcoholic cirrhosis of the liver or COVIDs. Why, why why don't why don't I get to make that decision just between people I might trust I'm, I might not trust my doctor I might he might give me information I might say you know doc I don't think that sounds right I'd like to go get a second opinion and I got you know I can go do that I can but there's there that doesn't mean that the government thinks I can get that I should be able to take ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine. Or do the Zelensky, the Zelensky, the you know the hydroxychloroquine, zinc, vitamin D, you know that 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 thing, the government says you know, no, you can't do that, you can't make that decision, you know we we've, we've got experts that say it won't help, but you know I don't really trust our experts. Eighteen months, going eighteen months into this. COVID pandemic, they don't have a good track record of being right. So why can't I consent to try these things with the, with, after gathering expert medical, what I consider more expert medical opinion than Dr. Fauci ever will have in my eyes from going forward from the, from the corona days. Um, you know, I, tr- I trust I trust my general practitioner down the street more than I'll ever trust him.. so why can't I make informed decisions based on information I get from my doctor based on information that I can get from reputable sources online and you know, I'm not saying there are a lot of reputable sources online but they're out there uh, we can I can gather information from different sources and see what information is most consistent with everything else I've been finding, then make a decision based on that. I could still be wrong, but it's, it's, it's my choice. As, as a free moral agent, as someone who, as someone who knows how to exhibit agency and understands what it is, who's as someone who can give or not give consent. Why isn't this, why, why is this so controversial? Why is it so controversial that, we can't go out and do these things why it shouldn't be we're talking about ideas from uh, the idea the idea of agency has existed since the enlightenment but agency itself is as old as time as it's as old as sentience i would argue the moment people became sentient, self-aware, they were able to exhibit agency, whether they understood it or not, whether or not their conditions allowed them to do the things they might have wanted to do instead uh, instead of doing the things they needed to do to stay alive, they still exhibit an agency, they were still able to make the decision, they could have said, ah, right, to hell with y'all, I'm going to go out on my own, I'm going to go chill on the beach, and you know they'll be dead in about two weeks, two three weeks. You know they, I know, maybe even sooner if they, you know, if they don't bring any water. You know, if they go to the ocean, they try to drink that salt water, and they're probably not gonna live very long. That water, kind of gross. Uh, lake water might be a little bit better. It's fresh. You know, so I mean, if it's a clean lake, but uh, you know. They could do that, and I'm sure some did. I'm sure there was some stupid Igmo who went off on his own and decided, you know, I don't need the rest of the tribe. I'm going to go do things on my own. Maybe he survived, maybe he didn't. I guess we'll never know. I mean, do people do it today? We got hermits. We got got people go out off into the woods or whatever, mountains. They build themselves a little shack, and, you know, they learn how to... uh, Trap and hunt without having a lot of the modern technology we got. I'm sure, I'm sure they got stuff like bows and arrows, and you know they they know how to do proper trapping and trot lines for fishing, and you know things that would make their that make their life easier. And even though they're on their own, so they got their own tools. You know, maybe they bring some stuff with with them. So I mean, it's possible. You know, even even back when Sentience first came around, I'm sure there a few people who was like, oh, you know, I can do this on my own they actually go and do it on their own. But they still die alone. I mean, I guess that's not really the point. But, uh, they still exhibited agency. That's the point. They exhibited the ability to make a decision for themselves. And then they went and did it. And maybe they brought some people with them and those people consented to go with them. Maybe they didn't. You know, slavery has been a thing. It's probably probably always going to be a thing as long as, you know, people are sentient. There's going to be one group of people who believes they have the right to take away the agency of another group of people and override the consent of that other group In order to get what they want And it's just It's just It's just uh, It's unfortunate It sucks It really sucks It's probably, you know, slavery And taking away the agency Of another human being Is the worst thing You can do You know Murdering somebody, raping somebody, removing that ability to consent or to freely make choices. Man, that's a horrible thing. And we're allowing the government to do it. We're encouraging them to do it. We're encouraging it. What the hell? I don't get it, people. Why? Why are we encouraging it?
1: is absolutely the worst thing you can do.
0: Another thing that uh another thing that we've been losing uh, not not even slowly, not even slowly. Um we've been we've been we've been losing this really quickly. And that's that's free speech. It's free speech, baby. And it's it's the first it's the first amendment that was ratified to the constitution article the first after the first enumeration required by the first article of the constitution there shall be one representative for every 30,000 until the number shall amount to 100 after which the proportion shall be so regulated by congress that there shall be not less than 100 representatives nor less than one representative for every 40,000 persons until the number of representatives shall amount to 200 after which the purportment, wait, that's not the Bill of Rights, that's articles. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, here we go. Amendment 1. I was reading the wrong thing. But that, that that's important too. Uh, people should read that as well. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the, prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or of the right of the people peaceably. Peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of ag- uh, grievances. We haven't had freedom of speech in this country for almost a year and a half now. I mean, it's it's gone. It's gone. It's gone. It goes further back than that, really. It's slowly been infringed upon decades now. Decades. You know... Growing up, I was born in '78. I'm 43 years old. I was born in '78. Okay, I didn't really start becoming aware of these things until maybe junior high. Uh, definitely in high school, definitely in high school, I got a lot more aware of the things going around me, going on around me in the political sphere because these were things that were affecting me, and I was starting to read the news and watch the news and understand what was going on and listen to what was going on and realize this isn't good this isn't good and it's been getting worse look what happened to Julian Assange this this man has been he has been demonized by the governments of so many countries they hate him because he, he, he dares to show the crimes that they're committing. He dares to make a mockery of the abuses of human rights these countries are committing. And it's, it's not, it's not even in the name of greater good. There is no greater good for violation of human rights. There is no greater good being served by Guantanamo Bay. There is no greater good being served by the USA Patriot Act and other laws such as the NDAA. There is no greater good being served when people are silenced when they dare question the official narrative about how we react to a pandemic for a virus that gives you a bad flu.
1: You've been lied to, people. You
0: think you still got freedom of speech? No. No. People are being shut up all over the country. They're being deplatformed. They're being told, we don't want you here because what you say is scary. What you say shakes the foundations of the propaganda that we've been standing on since we were children. They don't like it. It scares them when they get shaken. They are so invested in believing the propaganda that has been fed to them since they were children that's been fed to us since I was a child. It's scary.
1: It is. I started to wake up, though, and I started to realize there's nothing to be afraid of. Personal
0: responsibility is scary, sure, yeah, but there's no escaping it. You can't offload your responsibility as a free moral agent, as someone who exhibits agency, who can give or not give consent. You cannot free yourselves of responsibility. It might seem like you're freeing yourself from responsibility, but the only thing you're doing is kicking the can down the street. In the end, you're still responsible for yourself. You're still responsible for the decisions you make and for the ones you don't make. Nobody else is responsible for you. Nobody else is responsible for me. I'm responsible for myself. My wife and I choose to be responsible for the daughter that we brought into this world. If we're good parents, we're going to teach her to be responsible for herself, how to take care of herself, how to be a good human, how to think for herself, how to care for others, whether they're people or animals or whatever. That's our only job as parents, is to teach our child to think for themselves, to give them the tools they need to be able to figure out life, and then once they think they've got it figured out, then they take that information and they go about trying to homestead you know, their own they go they they, they try to you know they, they they try to they basically try to homestead themselves. They they mix their skills, their knowledge, their labor and time to live in their life and to being responsible for themselves for taking responsibility for themselves for going through the actions and decision-making processes that are required for them to be fully functional adults I was reading somewhere um, I think it might have been um, I might have been Walter blocks defending the undefendable on dissection under child labor and he talks. He talks about this concept of homesteading, um, basically being you know being the determinant for when the person is able to be considered an adult and and give consent to be in contractual agreements with others. And he was actually quoting Murray Rothbard, who actually put that forth. But he was using it in his argument for child labor, using saying because the because the way we do it right now is purely arbitrary. Some countries are fourteen, some are sixteen, some are nineteen. I hear in Nebraska the age of consent is actually nineteen, whereas the rest of the U.S. is typically eighteen for most things. Um, It's now twenty-one for beer, guns, and tobacco in most of the country. Uh, and in and some other things, you can still be 15 in consent. It's 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 an arbitrary mishmash of a system that has no basis in reality. And Murray Rothbard and Walter Block make a great argument saying that you know this age of consent argument can be really put to rest simply when that person, that individual, is able to take responsibility for their own life when they can work a job when they can learn the skills needed to work that job, when they can drive a vehicle, when they can pay bills, when when they start taking responsibility for their own lives, that's when they're able to consent. That's when, that's when they're adults. Yeah, it was Defending the Undefendable. He says, parents shouldn't be raising children. They should be raising adults. They should be raising people who are able to Exhibit the agency necessary to take responsibility for their own lives When you tell people you can't talk about this or that when you tell people that you can't peaceably assemble Or you arrest people who are peaceably assembling while you let rioters burn down city blocks worth of businesses and buildings I mean, I just, I just, I just don't, I don't know people. I don't know. What do you, what do you want? What do you want me to tell you? You know, you can't, you can't give up these things and expect good things to happen. You can't give up agency and consent and the ability to cry out against those infringements upon these rights without there being really bad consequences I think we're really starting to see them look at France look at the protests going on right now in France over our vaccine passport system nobody wants it government wants it why? because it's control it enables them to have a valid reason to track people That's what they want. They want more Big Brother. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's happening right now. It has nothing to do with the pandemic. That's just a nice cover story. It's a really nice cover story. Unfortunately, it fell apart about five minutes into the whole damn
1: thing. That's
0: okay. We're still here. We still have the ability to share these ideas. We still have the ability right now to go on a platform, whether it be DLive, Twitch, YouTube, uh, Odyssey, um, Float. We have the ability to share. We have the ability to talk still. They haven't locked us down fully. And as long as we don't let them, as long as we fight back, As long as we still exhibit agency and consent, you know, and and exercise our consent or even the withdrawal of consent, then they can't stop us.
1: And it might get rough.
0: But we can fight back. We can, we can, we can, we can debate people. We can reason with people. We can do all the things that need to be done to get people to listen. The time is now. We need to fight back. You need to ex- You need to stop giving in to these infringements upon natural rights. Constitution didn't give me the right to free speech. It didn't give the press the right to print whatever the hell they want. It didn't give people the right to worship as they see fit. Constitution and the amendments thereof Were meant as Limitations on what Government can do And it's all been reversed It's all been, now you're being fed Lies about how the Second Amendment is Racist I don't know how Even the Federalist Papers The Federalists, remember, were the people for big government They were for the centralized Strong centralized government And they compromised with what they got you know 17, 1789 is when of these were um when they were uh when they uh see, I don't even remember I just um, I'm glad I'm here cuz yeah 1789 You know, the first Congress of the United States proposed 12 amendments to the Constitution. the only reason they did that is because the Anti-Federalists wanted these 10, they wanted at least the first 10 added to the Constitution immediately because they saw the flaws within the Constitution. They They realized right off the bat, that government was immediately going to try and start infringing on people. Boy I did it. <laughs> you know, we got we got the whiskey rebellion. We got uh we got we got all kinds of troubles even under George Washington. So, I mean, they weren't wrong we, we the government needed to be limited and that's what the constitution that's what the constitution and the bill of rights and all the other amendments are supposed to do they're not they don't grant rights they don't give you things that you don't already have nobody can give you something give you a right you don't already have that's cuz cuz at that point it's not a right it's a privilege it's
1: a gift and I don't know people
0: if we're not if we're not willing to fight back now if we're not willing to wake up open up our eyes then maybe there is no hope for us anyways I'm done for today Uh, thank you for being with me this is the chill anarchist you can find me on anchor discord and all kinds of different places. Maybe not for too much longer, though. I will be editing the panels here on DLive tonight. Um, so, you'll be able to find me on Discord. Just uh, I'm on MeWe, Float, uh, Liberdon. Uh, you can find me everywhere as the Chileanarchist. I'm Liberdon. I'm the Chileanarchist01. Um, so, find me. Friend me. I will send out links. I will update the panels here on d live i will have links in the show notes on uh, anchor.fm so catch me in your favorite podcaster uh i am the chill anarchist podcast or the chilling An- i think it's just the Chill Anarchist. it might be might be t cap but uh anyways uh, that's it for today thank you for being with me have a good
1: day